The Online Marketing Show. Every day with Joseph Bushnell. Helping you to grow your online business by driving more traffic, improving conversion rates, increasing customer value, and getting things done fast. Listen, take action, make money. Hello and welcome to the Online Marketing Show. This is Joey Bushnell. Today I'm joined by top UK copywriter Chris Lomas. Go to clear-coms.com to find out more. Chris, thank you for being with me today. Hello, Joey. Hi. It's, uh, it's a great pleasure. I've, I've had a look around your website and um, you know, I had a look at all the interviews you've conducted so far and uh, having seen all that, I was uh, really pleased to be involved. It's a, a great resource you've got there, both for existing copywriters and for, um, for aspirant copywriters as well. So uh, yeah, it's a great pleasure. Thank you. Chris, would you mind telling us how you got into copywriting? Yeah, okay. Um, well, I guess it, it goes back to school, really. Um, I always had a, a passion for English um, and used to particularly enjoy writing stories. Um, but as, as, I, as I grew up and, and matured and, and the kind of stories we wrote changed, I, I grew just as interested, I suppose, in the craft of writing, um, mm-hmm. particularly in terms of, of, of using words and the way that you change the order of the words and even the way you punctuate words and all the effects that can have on a reader. Mm-hmm. So I became very interested in that and um, went on to university and got involved in the, the university newspaper. Um, and at that stage, I think my, my writing style was very different. It was uh, a little over the top, a little florid. Um, and I mean, looking back on it now, which, which I think is actually probably a good thing for a copywriter to keep looking back on their, on their previous work. Uh, I can see its limitations and the fact that I was trying to show off most of the time, trying to cram in as many long words as possible. Um, and then as my writing developed, it became more about becoming clearer and more concise and using fewer words to, to get over a message uh, more convincingly. So I went from, from university and, and got a job actually as an editorial consultant on a, a trade magazine called Drain Trader, uh, which is a magazine of the uh, international drainage and wastewater industry. Uh, so I learned a lot about drains and pitch fiber pipes and overflows and all sorts of things and really began to hone my style and, and make it a lot more concise. Um, and, and that's where it started really. And I, I enjoyed that work and I was there for the best part of a couple of years. Although I was perfectly happy writing about drains and, and wastewater and learning about that. I think the, um, the main disadvantage really was that I didn't have much chance to, to vary my style or to try and write in, in different forms and different styles because it was you had a house style and that's what I had to adhere to. So I was really very keen to, to work for different clients and in different mediums as well and, and experiment with um, different kinds of copy. So I went freelance, um, got some clients together and then from there uh, went on to set up a, a copywriting uh, agency first in, in Gloucestershire. Uh, then I worked for an agency in Nottinghamshire and I've now reasonably recently set up ClearComs here in, in Nottinghamshire. So that's, that's kind of a, a And for those who want to take a similar path that you have taken and become uh, a copywriter, what would you say are the keys to becoming a successful copywriter? Um, I I think one of the the things that I found was that although um, books on copywriting and there are a lot out there are quite useful, I think you have to trust your instincts to a certain extent and try and find your own way, which which is what I did. 
Um, I think that's very important because I think you can be fairly hogtied by um, taking on too much advice from other people. Uh, so I think you know, find your own way and then look around for advice after that, I think, is possibly the best way to go. But I think the single most important thing, actually, and it's probably nothing at all to do with writing, but that, that is you need to be a good listener. Um, and I think that's absolutely vital. You've really got to be able to understand what your client really wants you to do. Uh, I think, from my experience, if, if copy isn't right, if it doesn't work, it's probably because the writer hasn't taken the time to really get to grips with, with their client's objectives um, and even their audience's expectations. So I think that, that's the first, the first lesson. I, I learned that very early on. Um, I, also, I think you need sometimes to know what not to write. Um, and again, having a, a good understanding of the client's brief really helps with that. Um, and I guess what I mean by that is, is, is cutting out all of the fluff and the filler. I think we're all guilty of that from time to time. Mm -hmm. um, all the, the sort of non-essential verbiage that doesn't really add anything. It just takes away from the message. So I think you've got to learn to be uh, quite critical of your own work and being a good self-editor, uh, which is difficult at first. That's one of the hardest things. But you spend so long sort of crafting perfect copy and, and really honing it and making it perfect that it then becomes quite difficult to, to start stripping things away. But as, as I think as you get more experience, that, that becomes almost as enjoyable a part of the process as writing the words in the first place and sort of stripping it away and, and revealing the core message, the, uh, the real nucleus of what you want to say. That, that's a very satisfying process. I think that's very important. Um, having, uh, the other thing is having a, a good feel for different tones of voice. Um, and being able to mix and match different tones of voice as and when required is very helpful, um, particularly in, in a marketing context in which you're going to have to be um, appealing to very different audiences sometimes at the same time, which could be a, a very interesting challenge. So being able to sort of speak in a tone of voice that is um, recognizable to one section of the audience that doesn't alienate any others, that, that's, uh, that's an important skill as well. Um, and I suppose underpinning everything else, and it, it's something that I'm <clears throat> very focused on, is, is clarity and trying to make sure that your message is easily understood. And I, I mentioned before about when I was starting out and trying to use as many long words as I can, and it, it's sometimes about stripping that away entirely. So you, you speak in very simple terms and you articulate yourself very clearly so everyone can understand precisely what you're saying and really get to the benefits of what you're saying. Because Essentially, that's what good copy is. If, if you can do that and do it consistently, then that's powerful. It can be persuasive, and it can be very useful copy as well. I mean, people are afraid sometimes of making things very simple, but sometimes the simpler the better. So I would say those are, those are the key things. Chris, I know that you write all kinds of different copy. Uh, I've done plenty of interviews before about how to write good sales letters, but there are other occasions when we need to write copy too, and that's what I'd like to discuss today. I know one of the things which you do is help companies write a product description. So could you let us know a little bit about that and how we ourselves can write a good product description? Okay, yeah, of course. Um, product descriptions, I mean, you, uh, people will be familiar with them um, from catalogs, um, but also increasingly from online copy. Um, and it, it tends to be um, <clears throat> a fairly short paragraph or maybe two outlining um, possibly the features, but more often than not the benefits of, of a product, which could be anything from uh, flowers through jewellery to children's clothing, uh, all of which have written product descriptions for. So uh, it, it can be anything and everything. And then the idea is that you've really got to sum up 
become the salient selling points of any product very quickly uh, in a very clear and concise manner and in a way that speaks very quickly to the potential purchaser. Um, so I think that there are a number of key things to writing a good product description. I, I think the, perhaps the most important one is to really empathize with, with the purchaser um, because I think if you see a product description and it doesn't really speak to you, it's not necessarily because the product is not something you're interested in, but it's because the writer hasn't really taken the time to try and get into the point of view of the, the purchaser and think, what is it that they want from this item? So if you can try and put yourself in, in the purchaser's shoes, that helps. And it, it's very different. It's very difficult because there are so many potential purchases out there. But there are generally some sort of key qualities or key factors which you can hone in on, which every buyer wants from a product when they buy it, certain reassurances and certain things which will make them feel good about it. So that's important. But also I think having, having a genuine enthusiasm for the product, um, which isn't always easy because a lot of the time you'll be writing about things that either um, you've got no interest in or isn't really specifically for you or you, perhaps you don't even particularly like it. It might not be your style or your preference. But you, you have to find, I think, something, even if it's just one thing that you really genuinely like or admire or respect about that product because that makes it so much easier to write about and to write about it honestly because I think you know people can see through that kind of spin if you're really just making it up or phoning it in, people can tell. So I think it really helps to have that, <clears throat> that sense of I honestly like this and here is something that I'm really passionate about in this product. Um, and I think the, the last thing um, is you need to try and tell a story. You've not got very long. Um, product description can be as, as short as 45, 50, 60 words in many cases. So you've got to write a very concise story, something that really kind of catches the reader, brings them in, engages them, and very subtly gets over the points that you're trying to convey. But at the same time, tells them a, a nice little story. If you take them a very little mini journey, um, at the end of which you think, okay, this is an interesting product. Yes, it's for me, or it's not. It doesn't matter. But either way, they, they've gone on this little journey, and they've got this little insight into the product and the company. Um, so it, it gets over something positive, whether or not they buy it, and hopefully they will. Um, I would say those are the, the key things, but I think the most important of all is, is, is that sense of enthusiasm for the product. How about writing a company profile? Any tips on writing one of those effectively? Uh, okay, yeah. Um, obviously, a company profile is, is, is a, a nice snapshot of a business and, and, and where it's come from and where it's at now and what the aspirations for the future are. Um, mm -hmm. And obviously, requirements vary depending obviously to um, the company and what it does and who its clients are and things like that. But I, I think the one single common denominator really is that company profiles should be very human. Um, you're always looking for big emotional touch points really in the story, you know, the big successes, uh, the triumphs against adversity, whatever they might be, because I think that's what readers want. Um, Obviously, you've got to be somewhat restrained. I mean, you're not trying to rewrite Dickens or something, but people want to read a story. They don't, they don't want a catalogue of facts and, and figures and achievements. That's, that's not really interesting to anyone outside the boardroom in the company. So it's, it's all about going and getting a, a good feel for the company. I mean, you can do it um, on a site visit or sometimes over the phone. And, and, and you really need to speak to the people there, as many of the people there as you can to get a real feel for what it's like to be there and to work there and to get a feel for the company personality because every, every company has a, its own very distinct feel and personality. 
So if you can do that, then you can really start to write in terms which, which A, the company will recognize as, as, as legitimately them, and also their, their existing clients will recognize, yes, that really is that company, it feels like that company, but also mm. that, that, new, um, that new customers will come in and get an immediate sense of what it's like to deal with that company um, and why they might empathize with that company and why they might be a good company to do business with. So I think that that's the most important thing is company profiles. You're telling a story and you're taking people on a journey and you can, you can do it in a, in a chronological way or you can do it in terms of here's a big achievement to go from there or you can talk about the people, but in, in as human and as, um, as, as friendly a way as possible very often. You mentioned about keeping it quite human. Would you in most cases adopt a more human kind of tone rather than keeping it corporate or does it just depend on the company? Um, it does. It does depend on the company, but I think I would. Um, there are often occasions where you try and steer the, the client in a certain direction if you feel it's appropriate. Obviously, there, there will be situations in which it's got to be fairly detached and fairly emotionless. But I think always I think you're trying to get away from this sort of company veneer and look at it as a, a collection of people and individuals and an ethos, really, because that's... Mm-hmm. I mean, that, that helps sum up a company so much better than anything else, and it's, it's so much more accessible to potential customers to feel like they're dealing with people that they can relate to. So I think as far as possible, you try and steer them in that fairly human direction, yeah. Could you let us know how businesses can use case studies and any tips you have on writing an effective case study? Okay, um, yeah, case studies are very useful, actually. That's something we, we do a fair bit of. Um, I think I think the reason they're they're so successful is because they they're a good way of presenting um, a success in a very objective fashion, um, and it works two ways because you, you present um, a relationship between your client and their client um, in a way that reflects well on both of them, and the client mm-hmm. can see okay, well these companies have, have worked together and built up a successful relationship, and here outlined in the case study other things that they've achieved together. So it, it works very well in that sense. Um, in, in terms of writing them, I think the first thing you have to do really is to identify the right format. Um, I mean, it's, it's a fairly flexible thing. You can um, construct a case study in whatever way suits the company and in whatever way they think will suit their clients. Um, the two main ways, I suppose, would be a, a fairly straightforward narrative approach um, or a more sort of factual uh, bullet point approach with sort of box out quotes and things like that, which would probably be a single side of A4 as the narrative might be a, a couple of sides of A4. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, a bit like um, with uh, a company profile, I think the first thing you have to do is, is to get all sides of the story. Normally a client will come, come to you and say, well, we've achieved great success with this client and this is what we've done. So you then obviously need to speak to, to your client, but then speak to their client to see what the working relationship was really like. Again, you're looking at the um, personal collaboration between different elements of the two companies, um, mm-hmm. and trying to hone in on, on, on the, the key factors that have, have made the relationship a success. But also, you know, again, a little bit of the personal aspect, okay, we work well together because of these sort of complementary factors or whatever else. Um, so getting all sides of the story really helps to give it that very objective feel, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, and you're thinking, you're thinking not only about the one thing that they particularly want to publicize, but about the, the impact that it has on the two companies and on their, their mutual client base. And also you're looking at the long-term effects of that as well because um, a case study isn't just a snapshot of a, a moment in time. You're looking at the, the long-term ramifications. 
how these companies will continue working together and, and sort of benefits long term that they'll have for their clients. Um, so that, that's very important. Um, and it's, as I say, it, it does keep coming back to the personal, personal side of things quite often. And if you can really get a story going, a sense of um, shared achievement and shared benefit, then that, that's quite a compelling story. So I think those, those would be my, my particular recommendations. You also sometimes write articles for magazines and articles for newsletters. When it comes to that kind of writing, do you write it like an ad that looks like an ad or do you adopt a different kind of style? You do, yeah, by and large, certainly. Um, it, it, it's an interesting process, actually, because sometimes there'll be very little difference between the kinds of stories that you're telling. Um, but you will, you will approach it in, in quite a different way. So I think for one thing, you, you would drop the level of formality for one thing, so take a more colloquial, conversational tone very often, uh, make it very accessible, because of course it's going to a very wide audience with, with most of the, um, uh, the case studies or the company profiles. They're going to a fairly narrow audience, but with um, newspapers and newsletters, the, the audience, potential audience is much bigger and, and uh, much more eclectic. So it's got to be very accessible. It's got to be um, immediately easy to understand. Uh, so I think that's, that's crucial. Um, yeah, I mean, again, depending on, on the type of publication it is and the kind of readership they've got, you can start bringing in a little bit of humor um, and a little warmth to sort of change the way it, it looks and feels. Um, and it, it, it's, it is an interesting process, and it's, it, it's, it's fun to do. And what is good about it, I suppose, is that, that readers will look at it as a very, um, very objective appraisal and assessment of that company. You know, it's not like something that that comes through the door in a brown envelope. It, it's it's not corporate. It's something that's being written about objectively. So it's a nice way to take a, quite a different look at a company, and it, it's quite a refreshing process for for that company as well, because sometimes they will see themselves in a way that they haven't really perceived themselves before, because you come in as an outsider, um, and one of the, the benefits of being a copywriter is that sort of objective third-party approach. And you can say, okay, well, I'm looking at you from the outside, and these are the things that I see about your company, which I think are, are particularly relevant in today's marketplace, and this is why com um, this is why customers will particularly enjoy dealing with you. And in some cases, that's right on the other thing, yes, okay, we see those. But then other times, you, you're able to pick out things which they hadn't really thought of before, and that, that's quite a revelation for them. Um, it's something that makes that process of writing about them in a slightly different way all the more rewarding. So it, it's, um, that makes it an interesting process. And finally, I wanted to ask you about press releases. How can a small, medium business use a press release as a marketing tool? And do you have any tips on how to write an effective press release? Mm, okay. Um, yeah, press releases are certainly a, a very good way of, of getting wider attention. But I think they have to be used quite sparingly, and they certainly have to be used in conjunction with, with other forms of advertising and promotion as well. Mm -hmm. um, I would say that, um, first of all, to go back to you know why they're useful, um, again, it's that, that sense of objectivity. Um, <clears throat> a press release would generally be picked up by the local media, um, whether mm -hmm. that's print or radio or television. And, and presents a story that the copywriter has written objectively about a company and, their, and whatever success they may have achieved. And so because it's appearing in, in that objective media, it immediately gains a different kind of, uh, of cachet for the company, you know, mm -hmm. being reported 
by objective mainstream media. Therefore, what they're saying uh, is perceived to be true and reliable, and maybe this is a company we should be checking out. So it's very good in that sense of A, bringing a company to much wider attention, and B, doing it in a very uh, direct, dramatic, and objective way, which is great. Um, so in, in terms of when to use them and, and how to use them, I, I think, yes, use them when you've really got something genuinely important uh, or newsworthy to say. Um, and it, it's quite difficult sometimes identifying what that is. Um, but because it's going to mainstream media, normally it has to be something that is either a little different or something that has a much wider appeal than just saying, we've achieved this, aren't we great? So um, any particularly noteworthy charity work that you may have done or any way in which you have helped the local economy or um, uh, I, we've actually just, just this last week done a, a press release for a local company um, who just hit their first anniversary and I'm sort of very pleased about that. And sometimes you read stories about um, companies that, that, that do well in spite of the, the economic downturn and things like that. But that, that's quite an old story. So we were looking for something else and it turns out that this is a taxi company, and they've employed 100% um, policemen, retired okay. or dismissed policemen. And in, and in my local area, there was a big outcry recently because um, so many policemen have been laid off because of cuts. So mm -hmm. immediately, we've got a we've got a nice angle we can go in on. Um, mm -hmm. you know, this company is just recruiting policemen, so a that's great for your safety and security in terms of getting at home at night because you're going to be driven home by a policeman, which is fantastic. And B, yes. here's a company that's doing something to help people that were laid off recently. And isn't that marvelous? And, it, and the third thing is that it goes back to a story which, which the papers were running recently. So it immediately gives them a call back to that, which hopefully makes it more newsworthy and of greater public interest as well. So I think sure. you've got to have that big hook. Chris, thanks so much for sharing your insights with us today. Could you just let us know where we can go to find out more about you or get in contact with you? Yeah, of course. Um, check out my website, that's, that's probably the first place to go, that's www.clear-coms.com, that's C-L-E-A-R-C-O-M-M-S.com, um, or you can email me directly, uh, that's chris at clear-coms.com. Um, I do have a regular monthly newsletter which is um, hopefully of interest not only to the, my client base but to, to other people who may be um, getting into copywriting or who are already copywriters because I try and make it a fairly, um, it's got a, a bit about what I do and how I do it and a bit which is of, of use to other copywriters as well so you might be interested in taking a look at that but yes by all means take a look at the site and give me, um, send me an email and um, we can go from there. Great, that's the end of today's show. A big thanks to those who tuned in. And Chris, a big thanks to you for coming on the show. Thank you. You're very welcome, Joey. The Online Marketing Show. Every day with Joseph Bushnell. Helping you to grow your online business by driving more traffic, improving conversion rates, increasing customer value, and getting things done fast. Listen, take action, make money.